Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my man, who's got dude. You got a trucker hat on. I have a hat on. That's it's for a dang trucker sure. hat. Whatever it is, it's, I like it's, it. It's the mesh trucker hat. It's like my you look like. It's well, my here's Rainiers, the thing: man. that combined with the jean, the jean jacket with, with the wool <laughs> collar and the flannel underneath. <laughs> You look like you should be driving a Budweiser I'm full truck. on Canadian is what today. You are, just, you are this, full this on Canadian. The, this is the Canadian tuxedo right That's, now, Josh. It, it really is. It really is. You are you are going full blown like Ryan Reynolds right now, Canadian like like uh, oh, yeah, like man. full blown, full blown. Jack, how you doing, my man? Josh, it is Advent season. It is Advent. Jack, happy Advent. Yes. Happy, happy yes, Christmas. Sir. Yes. Happy Christmas, Josh. Happy Christmas. Um, Yes, it is Advent season. We are going full tilt into this. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. I got crushed by uh, one of my pastors last week. Did you? No, I didn't get, I didn't get like crushed. I didn't get called out, but he had a great message. Like from the pulpit? Um, what's that? From the pulpit. <laughs> and, this, and this next well, portion here <laughs> is for our member, Jack Berry. <laughs> Marcel 3.0. Who's sitting <laughs> back into the left. Um, Everyone go speak a word to him after no, the service. No, it's actually pretty cool. We're doing Advent in a way in which we go over all of the uh, praise slash poetry uh, parts of, I think, Luke. It's just Luke in and of itself. So you, so, you, so we went over the Magnificent, uh, so Mary's praise song. And then we're probably going to do Zechariah. Yep. Zechariah's okay. praise and then Which I think awesome. there's two others to finish out Advent. I'm trying to figure out who specifically they are. the praises, Pr- the praise, the praise slash poetry uh, of Luke, especially during the Advent period. So, um. Oh gosh, well now you're stretching my brain. Yeah. See. Look at that. Well, k- uh, keep talking. I'm gonna I- I'm gonna look it anyway, up and see if I can so, find it. So, um, 
our one of our pastors, Pastor Ben, who actually is Canadian. So I'm sorry, Ben, if you're listening to this and I have offended you. But um, <laughs> anyways, he uh, he went over uh, Mary's song when she is uh, interacting with Elizabeth. And uh, it, he was talking primarily about it was pretty cool because he was talking about honor shame cultures and about how. Elizabeth greeting Mary is completely flipped. Like Mary should have greeted Elizabeth first because she's older and she's pregnant. And like in honor shame cultures, uh, the, um, the host is honored, not the guests, right? Sure. The older people are honored. The hosts are honored, not the guests, not, you know, Stuff like that. And so I think he put that in a good light. And then he also talked about how when Mary praises her song or when she sings and when she praises in that piece of scripture there in that first chapter of Luke. Right. um, She goes over a lot of themes seen in the book of Ruth that we just finished up uh, before we went into Advent. And so. Very cool. Primarily, uh, he, he talked about different themes like. Uh, how God, he will, like this phrase, he will, he will, he will. Yeah, yeah. Like that's repeated, especially towards the end of her song. Right. Uh, how the uh, exalted will be humbled, the humbled will be exalted. This kind of dynamic, uh, just even from uh, from the prophets, too, and kind of how they exude that, and then going into Mary, what she's talking about. So a lot of themes from the Old Testament coming out. Um yeah, it was just really good, uh, and it was funny too because I know a lot of. I thought he was gonna start by talking about the Marian dogmas. <laughs> I, <laughs> I even talked to him afterwards. I'm like, dude, I thought you were gonna go in and start talking about Marian dogmas, but you totally went in a good, a better direction. <laughs> Thank you for not doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, um, but it's interesting because he did he did bring on that dynamic of that tension, too, but. Yeah, it was a it was a good first first home run in my opinion uh, of of Advent starting out with that. There you go with the hope. There you go. Well, it's plus two. Like, like it, in that text, you got John the Baptist basically leaping for joy because yeah. the Lamb of God is in Mary. That's such a cool scene, dude. And it's it, just like, uh, and it gets, but it gets repeated too when they're like, when they're adults, yep. you know. Yeah, so, we're like he sees him coming. Like, yeah. it, behold, the yeah. Lamb of God yeah. who takes away the sins of the world. Just so, yeah. I, well, and it's like from like from birth, right? John's entire life goal and his entire life calling was announcing the yeah. person of Christ. Yeah, and he he did that in the womb, even though no one could hear him. Yeah, right. And he did that throughout his entire life, right? And it's just it is so, it's it, it's it's oh, it's just it's just cool compared to other pastors who who say John the Baptist was a professional jerk. Okay, who, remember when we had that conversation? This? Yeah. So so I remember. Oh yes. Gosh. So I remember that. Oh, who who was it? Greg Locke. Greg Locke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You sent me that. It's like. John dude. the Baptist was a professional jerk. And it's like, like, like of all the hot takes dude. to have of John the Baptist, <laughs> that's the one that you what? decide to focus in on. <laughs> right? Uh I mean, well I mean, not well dressed, sure. Um, odd, yeah. Yeah. Um 
But the man was out there baptizing people (sighs) and calling out like the Pharisees. I wouldn't call that jerk jerkish at all. Like, bro, go back to your hermeneutics. Well, yeah, I, I mean, but but here's the thing. Like, I can't think of a context where like talking about like how he was a like like what like what what point are you trying to get to? You know, yeah. Like, like, like what? Well, what point are justify. you trying to prove? Yeah. To utilize John the Baptist in that way, I, I, just, I just don't get it. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me, right? So, anyway, well, on the more pagan side of Christmas, <laughs> uh, the wife and I got our tree. Constantine, yesterday. did you know? Oh, get out of here! Right <laughs> get out of here! I'm gonna punch you like oh Saint Nicholas God. punched Arius, oh, <laughs> right man. in the snaz. Yeah, oh. um, uh, we got our tree last night. Oh yeah, Christmas tree, fresh. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. We yeah. went. We actually ripped off my dad. <laughs> we went over to my dad's house in Ellensburg. Did you steal his tree like <laughs> we a, did steal like did the st- Grinch. We did technically stealing steal from it. Sin- from Cindy Lou Who. He basically said, "You take this tree and take the ornaments with you." And by the way. I did not know yeah. how nerdy my ornaments are. Dude, I have an electronic Jabba the Hutt ornament that has sounds on it. You dude. have to send me this. Bro, this is like, coconut. Uh, I, I need to see this. That that sounds amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously with the tree, like you got to you got to I don't go full Ronnie Martin. Oh my right? gosh. I'm like and have like I've been a hearing Ronnie have like Martin a tree like day, St. Christmas or something like that. He's he's like Christmas on crack right now, dude. I don't know what's going on. Something got into him this year, and it's like literally everything. But like, we don't go full blown like like oh, it's tree day, right? It was literally like okay, should we go get a tree? <laughs> yeah, okay. So we ran up to Hagen, bought the cheapest Douglas fir they had, and one that didn't have like you know like any weird holes in it or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just, and then we got home and we just were like, do we feel like doing this right now? <laughs> no. We just put it out on the porch. just lying there. <laughs> it's just sitting there like waiting to be decorated. So we're probably going to try to do that this week, but then you got to like pull the crate of all the Christmas stuff. Oh, out. Yeah. It's a whole deal. Like, you know, yep. and it's so weird. Like, I don't know if it's just the, the junk <laughs> that like th- this year brought with it. <laughs> But like, <laughs> it's hard getting in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, like it really is. And but I feel like sometimes it hits. Like I have moments of it hits, and then sometimes like last night where I was just like, I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> so let's just put the tree out on the porch. Um, but anyway, we got the tree. We're gonna set it up this week. It'll be great. Nice. Christmas can start. I mean, all we all over. we have to do is just put it up, and then yeah, the harder part is. Where do we put it in our living room? That's always the and question. The co- and the conversations my wife and I have, I was like, oh, yeah, let's just adjust it over here. It's like, we got to move the furniture around oh, again? Oh, yeah. An entire, <laughs> that's right, an entire life alterating, uh, life alterations need to happen to yeah. make room for the tree. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Jack, you know what I don't think we should be making room for <laughs> in Christendom, you like that segue? That was a good <laughs> yeah, segue, wasn't yeah. it? That was good. Nice. You know what we should not be making room for? <laughs> Multi-site churches. <laughs> oh my gosh. Multi-site we had like churches. Maybe, we had maybe like a minute conversation before we started this episode. Josh was like, nope, we're talking about it. Got to record this. Yeah. Well, well, see, that's the thing. It's like you and I get talking and then yep. like I just see it as I like- Put a nickel in you. Like and it's like you know. content just leaving. It's like, yep. well, we ain't getting that back. <laughs> it's like printing money. It's like we might as well hit the record button, right? <laughs> but uh, we want to talk about multi-site churches because they're a popular thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And there seems to be just kind of this growing movement that 
you can have quote unquote church be and look a lot like a satellite campus for like a college (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. Right. So there's obviously a lot that goes into the multi church, the multi site church uh, argument. Um, But I think at the core of it, is a different idea and and it's a different ecclesiology is what it is hmm. right trying to really nail down what is the church who is the church and what does a local what does a healthy church look like right yeah i think too like at that point isn't just like a multi-site church just a mini denomination at that point i mean in my it, own mind i mean i, I guess that, i mean i don't you know? i mean uh, uh, the only difference is like there's not as many people, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it, it, for all form and function, it basically is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just riffing off of that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think, I think the, I mean, I mean, obviously, right. I mean, cards on the table. I'm not a fan of the multi-site church. Sure, I yeah. am. I don't. And, and it really is one of those things too, is where it's like, you know, I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm trying to think of something that's that's this rand like more random that that isn't as important. This isn't really something that I look at and 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 say, you know what? I think it could be done well. Whereas, like, um, I'm a little bit more gracious to maybe like larger churches that yeah. have like a couple thousand members. It's like, is it my preference? No. Yeah. Do I think there's inherent trouble with it? Yes. Is it necessarily? always going to be a bad thing no 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 you know it's not necessarily always going to be a bad thing yeah um i don't personally and this is josh talking i don't hold the same i don't give the same grace to multi-site churches because i think they are in and of themselves like how they are made up a very different thing than simply a church with a couple thousand people right that, that all reside in the same area yeah um so normally multi-site churches um have a uh, have a couple things that make them distinctive and and I think I think they can do it a couple different ways but what is often popular as we s- kind of saw with uh Mars Hill right yeah. was you had the main church yeah right and then a bunch central. of central central right church <laughs> central oh my gosh um that in of, that saying in and of itself just like screams Okay, can we? Well, it be screams more commercialism. Like a yeah, it yeah. screams commercialism yeah. is what it screams, right? Yeah. Um, but so you have one kind of main hub, yeah. right, where everything happens. Yeah. And all of the other sites of the of that that specific church, right? And I'm I'm using church kind of in air quotes, mm-hmm. um, are basically subsidiaries of it, right? So you have people coming to those locations but more than often the main preaching and the administration of the word of god is done through the main site right so you so you're basically watching the preacher on a screen right um sometimes they will have local uh, leadership that's there but more often than not i'd probably say nine times out of ten you have an overarching uh governing elder board that acts more like a board of directors right over all of the churches and then the local leadership kind of answers to them right so um i see a lot of inherent issues in that model personally Uh, i want to throw that over to you first and hear hear what you have to say on that i don't know i think part of it too is just the 
like I, I told Josh this before we started to record. It's like, why can't you just be a local autonomous church and just be a collective, you know? Sure, sure. Um, like, like be be associated in like a network, yeah, or 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 something like that, where you're still doing things with each other, but you're not considered the same, the same local church, right? Yeah, and I think because why I say that is because each and every like, if I were to make, if you're gonna have a, a church, and then kind of like brand it and and give it something else and like put it in a different neighborhood. I feel like that neighborhood needs to have its own distinctive name, identity, um, its own elders, yeah. its own autonomy in that way, and not have this like, oh, we need to call up. Now, I could be wrong about that. I mean, I could be wrong in how people do a multi-site church. I've seen recently more multi-site, quote unquote, multi-site churches have local autonomy, and then they have this kind of pull back in together, but... I still linger on the side of the autonomy of the local church. And I don't know. There's something about having that local autonomous uh, anonymity, if you will. But also having like, hey, like when you, I feel like the whole branding thing too comes into play. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like branded this way. And it's just like, I don't know. That kind of rubs me the wrong way when you have branding um, like, oh, I go to, I don't know, like the branding, I don't know. I guess the biggest hiccup for me in the multi-site model is the branding. And also the fact that I think what you were talking about, Josh, too, there always has to be an answer back to other people versus like, why can't my elders at my local church keep me in check? Why do I have to answer to this? At that point, it's almost like, are we Presbyterian at this point? <laughs> right, right, right. It acts as a as a, as a Presbyterian, like a Presbyterian. Like yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, um, mm-hmm. so that kind of like makes me a little bit weird because obviously Josh and I are particular Baptists, as we very you, particular you know, make sure our monocles are on, right? Of course, <laughs> yes, of course. So it's like I don't know, like looking at your ecclesiology, I don't know if I can jive with that necessarily. I mean, sure, if you want to do it that way, but then I feel like more churches are now leaning on this whole branding thing and like, we're going to be this one church with like all these little like logos everywhere and stuff like that. It's like, why can't you just be a collective at that point and just split off, make your own churches, make your own churches distinctive, unique, autonomous, and then you come together and have kind of a relationship which I know my local church does right now. Like we belong to a network, but then we also have relationships with other churches and none of, we don't take on a, a name that's, I don't know, that's another church name, I guess. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you bring up an interesting point because when I think about, you know, if I put myself in the shoes of the leadership, that desires to have a multi-site church, yeah. right? I have a very difficult time being honest with myself. Okay. And, well, uh, no, 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 <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I have a difficult time, if I'm going to be honest with myself, yeah. thinking up a reason for a multi-site church that does not stem from wanting to... 
have my name out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I get what you mean. You because know. with the anim- with the anonymity mm-hmm. of the local church yeah. comes, I think, great health yeah. for that local church. Because it enables the leadership of that local church to be able to act in a way, to make decisions in a way that reflects the needs of that specific church. Yeah. Right? And if they aren't able to do that, even even if they're hindered a little bit by the brand or the mission or the calling or you know what whatever word you want to throw in of the main campus, yeah. right? That it that is being pumped out by the overarching board of directors of the multi-state church. That's going to be a problem, and you're yeah. going to have that is going to have practical effects on your local church congregation, yeah. right? Because Churches aren't supposed to be cookie cutter of each other. Yeah. Right? It's a different congregation. Therefore, they have different needs. Yeah. It's a different culture. It's a different It's a different uh, community, right? And part of what makes an effective elder is understanding the needs of your specific people, right? And making the decisions mm-hmm. based on what you see would be the most healthy for your local congregation. And it's extremely difficult to do that. I would say it's almost... I would say it's impossible to do that in a multi-site church model because you aren't given the freedom that you need to in order to actually make those decisions because there's always someone that could pull the plug. Well, not only that, but then on top of it, a lot of multi-site churches, the relationship that you have with your congregation, I think Josh and I have talked about this on previous episodes where we've talked about the 1689 and even in our, our posts as well too where we talk about how we should be elder led, not elder governed, sure, elder yeah. ruled, right? And so most multi-site churches are elder ruled. Like, let's be honest about that. Yeah, You're not having in the multi-site um, kind of dynamic, like your congregation bucking back against budgets. You're not having them buck back or give input about um, bylaws. <laughs> You're not having the congregation give input to that or even own that as well, too. We're in a local dynamic. Um, there is a lot of transparency and a lot of accountability that's happening because most of your members are basically saying, hey, we don't we need to talk about the budget here and what's going on here and then reworking some things. Right, right. And if you have good pastors and good elders, they're going to say, yes, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about this. Let's move forward. Now, I've seen other, honestly, I've seen other multi-sites that actually have done that a little bit better. Uh, They just have the whole branding thing, per se. So I have seen it where you're under this kind of brand of church name, per se, but you do have anonymity and you do have ways to go about the budget. That's interesting. That's not, I would say that's a very rare case versus the standard, which is usually you don't have that. It's all elder governed or elder ruled. Everything's put at central quote unquote, so to say, and the congregations don't have any say in this. You just take what you're given, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the main problems that I see with the multi-church model is that you have disembodied leadership, Mm, right? Like your congregation needs to be able to, they need to be able to have a real relationship with the individual 
that is giving them the word every Sunday. Yeah. Right? Because that's a big responsibility. Yeah. Right? And again, this gets back to why it's important for the leaders to have control over their congregations is because you don't know if you are doing this multi-site model and the sermons are being pumped in, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know the needs of that those particular congregations. Yeah. Right? And part of the 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 job of the elder is to like I like I said previously understand where your congregation is at and know you know what would my congregation benefit more from Galatians or would they benefit more from James yeah you know what I'm saying and that that requires you being part of that congregation to know the people right to actually be there right yep. like if you're we can't expect shepherds to lead effectively if they don't smell like sheep right very like, true, sir. Like, like, like we can't, we can't do that. So, if your sermons are being pumped in by like a, a disembodied figure, from, you know, Church Central, right? Yeah. You're losing, such. You're losing one of the main reasons preaching in the church is part of the regulative principle. Yeah, I think there's also another dynamic too where. You may have live preaching every single week. But I go back to that whole dynamic of accountability and transparency. And I mean, if that if that's not there, how are your members supposed to trust you? You know, um, because at that point, I get the idea where you plant a church and people know you and then that church becomes kind of its own thing. But you're still in that same dynamic and model. Which I don't know. It just feels like a, just feels like a Presbyterianism light <laughs> at that sure. point um, versus what we would go back to, which is, um, you know, the the London Baptist Confession of Faith, and we would go back to ecclesiology again, and we would say you can have. I think that what the confession talks about is most likely like authority or uh, autonomy, excuse me, autonomy, but also the local church authority, but also you can have a collective. I don't think it's, I don't think the confessions technically like arguing for a denomination, but I think it's what it's saying is, Hey, it's better to be a collective of local churches than. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, no. And that, <clears throat> I think that's a very true statement. You know, that like I think it's super healthy when local churches are in community with other local churches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um but you don't want to do that and lose the ability to lead your church the way that your church needs to be led, right? And with multi-site churches again, one of the main things that I think is a problem about it is that it is a business model of church. Right. Like by necessity in its design, it almost has to be right. Um, It's very difficult to have multi-site churches without that, like (laughs) that, like governing board of elders. Right. Which which end up not being elders in the biblical sense. They just become a board of directors. Yep. Right. Um, So I'm not against churches being in the same network or denominations or things like that. Like what specifically we're talking about is churches that identify multi multi churches that identify as the same church, the same group of people, the same body of believers. Right. Because 
frankly, they're not. <clears throat> yeah. It's not. Right? You're not the same. You are not the same gathering. Yeah. Right? We're all united. Obviously, we all yeah. we all are the church, right? But you are not the same gathering. Yeah. And to identify as such when you're not is just, I think, it, it inherently has some issues. And I think as we have seen, a lot of problems can stem from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. 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 That's interesting because that what you're going into is a lot of semantics, but the semantics help. Yeah, right? they do. So you're not a, if you're a uh, completed gathering, and I think Dever talks about this too a lot. That's why they only have one service. Yeah. That's why they have a big enough building. I think that's yep. why he does this as well too, where he actually says, hey, if there's a more local church, than Capitol Hill, go to yep. that more local church and become members there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because Dever Dever does see, and and here's the thing. I'll be completely honest with you. And again, this is just Josh talking. Sure, I agree more with Dever on this than I disagree with him. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I am not a fan of the multi-service church either, <laughs> personally. Um, <laughs> I I don't put it in the same category as yeah. the multi-site church. Yeah, obviously. There's some very healthy churches out there that have multiple multiple services, right? Yeah. This is I do put this in the realm of preference for me. Sure. Right. Um, but preference that I believe is based on what I've seen that is healthy. Yeah. Um, when you have a separation at all of your people, either by services or by location, uh, I think it's very difficult for those individuals to actually truly be what a healthy one one body local church gathering is supposed to look like when there's that separation there so um yeah again my two cents that's just josh talking i'm not speaking for jack but i i definitely but i do but i definitely I, agree yeah. more with dever on that than i disagree with him yeah but i definitely do see how you can have not you can not have you can have this multi this multi-church model or multi-site model, right? And also have a way in which that locality completely changes in a lot of things. Like theology, like... Oh, yeah. And yet, like you could still be... You could have a difference in theology, eschatology, all these other things, and then still be, quote-unquote, apart a, quote-unquote, this kind of church... I'm just like, uh, are you united? <laughs> because at right. that point, I would say you need to split off and become your own thing. Because I don't think you're you're following the whole statement of faith. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, what happens when the leadership of that specific gathering has a disagreement with the with the <laughs> the governing board of directors? Yeah, right. Yeah, nine times out of ten, it's that local church leader is the one that gets the boot. Yeah, but he's the one that's been faithfully serving. He's the one that knows the community. He's the one that knows the people. But he's the one that gets the boot because it's not fitting the brand, right? And it's not fitting the the vision of the church or the mission of the church, whatever whatever 40 cent words they want to throw on it, right? And it becomes very much I think it becomes very evident that the priority 
is not so much on the individual health of the people in that local church, but more the advancement of the brand. Yeah. And the advancement of we are this church, fill in the blank. Right? Um, and people get run over by that bus. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and, and it just, that entire issue, that specific one that we're talking about, is completely taken away. <laughs> If you just don't do the multi-site church, you don't have to deal with it. You know, I mean, there's obviously other issues you got to deal with in your local church. Yeah, yeah. But that's not one you got to worry about. You know what I'm saying? But man, there's a there's going to be a lot more. I feel like there's going to be a lot more accountability for you, and a lot more ease into that because you have this relationship with your congregation. That's not in this elder governance or sure. elder yeah, rule right. category. And you have this ability to actually make this, these decisions because you have anonymity and are not hindered by anything else. And so, yeah, I mean, I like where we're at. I mean, I like where we're at primarily because Mm -hmm. a, the biggest thing that I see is the, the relationship between the pastors and the congregation. And at a local church, it seems like in our dynamic that right now where we're at is a lot better, a lot healthier. You can have those conversations and there has, and there doesn't have to be a gatekeeper to that. Right. Your, your leadership is accessible to you. Yeah. Right. So plus on top of that, the congregation does check on your financial model and everything like that and says, Hey, if we need to make something here, let's do it. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for mostly I'm all for local anonymity. I think the problem is is that a lot of these local multi-site churches just call yourself Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't baptize babies. Though, I don't. I know? know, but most of them don't. But at that point, you are kind of ripping off, and so where are the Presbyterians coming after and saying, "Hey, why don't you just be a Presbyterian?" That's sure, time, sure, so. yeah, yeah. And 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 what's interesting because I did I did my time in 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 the presbyterian reformed yeah. presbyterian church right yeah. um and i can say like even with their model of the presbytery yeah there's even more freedom in that than there is the multi-site church Ooh, mercy like the multi-site churches are much more strict than even the presbytery yeah like the presbytery allows different churches to basically be their own thing and they're kind of there as like hey if you get in trouble like yeah we're here Whereas the multi-site churches are, it's much more, this is the brand, follow it, right? Yeah, and that's what worries so, me a lot. Yeah. That's what worries me a lot. Yeah. So. So, but I'm thankful for the local church that I go to. I'm thankful that I have access to my leaders. Yep. That my leaders are able to effectively shepherd the church in the way that they see is needed. Yeah. Through the, obviously, through the prompting of the spirit and the wisdom that God gives them. Um, yeah. I think it's just a better model. Like I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Jack, get us out of here, man. Josh, if, if you would like to be, if, if these people who are listening today would also like to be fans, um, you can catch us on our socials. Nice. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on the sociables, the, Instagram, if you will, goes good with marshmallow and chocolate. The Facebook part of the metaverse that will probably go down in the next 24 hours. Metaverse. Um, 
Or you can catch us on the Tweaker, the Twitter, the Little Blue Bird site, if you will, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can also tell the lovely people how they can become fans, maybe with monetaries. That's right. Monies. We have a Patreon. if you will. We have a Patreon. Uh, and we do appreciate uh, our pat- our patrons and our future patrons. Mm. And you too, if you seek, if you appreciate Jack and I's attempt to make the local church central in the life of a believer, for $5 a month, you could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Come the new year, we will have another way that you could support oh, us. Snap. You don't have to commit to a monetary gift every month. But come the new year, some changes are happening around the reformatory. It's going down, y'all. We're going to have a brand spanking new website, of which I have, as of this week, pretty much completed. I'm still waiting on some stuff from you, Jack. I've seen one. I've seen version 1.0. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. In that shop, in that uh, new website, will be a merch store. Y'all oh, like geez. local church merch? <laughs> local church merch. Yeah, baby. Josh did it's it for the rhymes. I did. <laughs> it's local church merch. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a reformatory store to where you can get your local church merch and support the podcast that way. And you can rep the podcast. We've got shirts that have our logo, obviously. We've got shirts that say say gather with a cool church logo in it. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be amazing. So come the new year, brand new website, brand new e-commerce store, local church merch. Brand new reformatory intro, yeah, coming up, yeah, of which you have heard. I have heard. It's pretty fire, y'all. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty fire. Jack was the last holdout too. Like I know if if, if I, I can was, get if I can get Jack's okay, I know it's. I solid. had a lot of things on the on the on the cutting room floor there. That you I, did. That I you were chopping. You were chopping, chopping, <laughs> chopping, and we finally got it to where you liked it. It's like George. Hey, can you? Uh, yeah, can we uh, just cut that? <laughs> cut that a little bit. All right, so make sure to be on the lookout for all that, guys, coming in the new year. We'll be uh, putting some samples out of some of the local church merch here coming up soon as well. And we thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 